you missed me because I definitely missed you. And we are back with another episode of Cases of Color, episode nine to be exact. I know this is not my normal day that I put out podcasts. We're going to be back to Wednesday podcast this week, but I wanted to give you something extra because a lot of you have waited so patiently for my content and I cannot express just how grateful I am for you guys' dedicated listenership. So thank you so much. And because I was gone for so long, I do want to take the time to let you all know why I was gone in the first place. Long, 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 long story short, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness, fibromyalgia to be exact, and then dealing with a little bit of depression and some other things like that and just trying to find balance when there were a lot of unknowns going on in my life. And that's where I was, but I am back now. Definitely found the balance, definitely have an amazing support system to include you all here who listen to Cases of Color. And I just really appreciate you guys being so patient, not unfollowing, not uh, writing nasty grams on where the hell is an episode, but just being so awesome and so kind. So for that, I wanted to put out this bonus episode. And then on Wednesday, there will also be an episode coming out. So today is the 11th of November. On the 13th, there will be another episode of Case of Color dropping. This episode is very important to me, and I just wanted to share it with you guys. Now let's get into the business. So today we are going to talk about Sage Smith. Sage Smith was a 19-year-old trans woman that literally disappeared without a trace. Our story takes place on November 20th, 2012, around the Charlottesville, Virginia area, which is where Sage was from. Sage, again, was a transgender woman that was only 19 years old and had just graduated from high school. Sage lived with two roommates, which were her best friend, Shakira, and Aubrey, and they were all very, very, very close. Sage lived a very hard life. She bounced around a lot as a child and even in her early teens had a really hard time coming out as gay to her family. And the reason why she had such a hard time is because her dad didn't really understand it and there were still a lot of family members who didn't understand it. But the positive part of this story is eventually Sage's father not only understood it but accepted it and even went out of his way to be supportive of his daughter. And yes, I say his daughter because he understood that Sage wanted to be trans and wanted to just accept his daughter for who she was and just be there for her. And honestly, such a positive outcome that can be had for a transgender person in the first place. Sage was the first person in her entire family to graduate from high school. She was very passionate about hair Sage was the first person in her entire family to graduate high school. She had a passion for hair and she did braids and quick weaves as a little side hustle. She just loved hair and loved making people feel beautiful. And that was just kind of her calling. And 11 days before she went missing, she changed her gender on Facebook to female. And there were a lot of people that were very upset with her because of that, specifically family members, because they just really didn't understand 
kind of what it was. And we see that issue a lot with the trans community and definitely going to unpack it a lot more when we get to the end. But right now, I really want to focus on telling Sage's story. At the time that she went missing, Sage and her friends were having a really hard time getting hired uh, for being gay and being trans women at the time. And even now, there's still a lot of discrimination against trans people. And they can and have been kept out of jobs or have been fired just for being who they are. And that is exactly what was happening to Sage and her friends. And because they were having such a hard time, they did what, unfortunately, I'm finding out a lot of trans people do that don't have support and cannot afford to take care of themselves, which is turn to sex work. So Sage would put out ads on Craigslist and her friends did not really agree with that. They felt more comfortable keeping it with people who they knew personally, whereas Sage, on the other hand, was more comfortable going to Craigslist. Sage's friends, Aubrey and Shakira, thought that it was very dangerous and that something bad could happen to her. But Sage swore that she had it under control. She could take care of herself. And even though her friends tried to keep it closer to some people that they knew in a capacity, there were some times where this can even be dangerous for them. One of the instances that was really dangerous for Sage is she was sleeping with a man who was on the down low, which if you do not know what the down low is, it means where a man who presents himself as straight um, or just heterosexual might have homosexual tendencies. He might actually be homosexual, but is uncomfortable coming out as being homosexual. So he puts on a front as if he is straight when he is not. He might be into trans women or whatever the case may be. That's what it means to be on the down low. It's basically where you are keeping something that you view as a sexual depravity to yourself. And because of that, you have a front that you put on and you have almost a life that you live behind the scenes that other people don't get to see. So Sage was engaging in activities with a man who was on the DL. And what happened was, is Sage was sleeping with a man who had a wife. And when the wife found out she was livid, so much so that it led to the husband actually physically assaulting Sage. And this is not something that is uncommon, unfortunately. A lot of times there will be men who will be on the DL and what they will do is once they are discovered or someone finds out about it, they are very quick to lash out on the person who they have the attraction to and take it out on them. There have literally been trans women who have been beaten to death and murdered all because they are trans women. And a straight man has mistaken them for a cisgendered woman. And because of that amount of being ashamed, almost quote unquote, feeling like they have been tricked, they then lash out and these women are losing their lives. And I will be paying a tribute to all of the, and I will be paying a tribute at the end of this podcast to all the trans women who have lost their lives. But let's continue on talking about Sage. Apparently, there was also a fight separate from that one that was so bad that Sage got jumped. And it actually caused a really big rift between Sage and her best friend, Shakira, because to Sage, Shakira allowed her to get jumped instead of having her back the way she expected her to. And it was so bad that Shakira had her friends take her home a few hours away after the fight. So wherever Shakira was from with her family, that's how bad it was. They didn't even go back to the home that they shared together. Shakira left because the argument that they had was so bad. 
So at the time that Sage went missing, it was only Sage and Aubrey in the apartment. On the day that Sage went missing, it was a completely normal day. Sage called her dad to celebrate the anniversary of him getting out of jail, and she talked to him about wanting to get her hair done, and her dad sent her the money to do so, and that later that night, Sage woke up Aubrey to say that she would be out and that she was going out with a man. She didn't say who, just that she was going out with a man. And the reason why Sage woke Aubrey up is because this is just another way that these women would take care of each other. If one of them was going to go out or leave, they always let someone in the house know so that they would be safe, and which makes absolute sense to me. If I was living with a friend of mine, I would absolutely do the same thing. I mean, when my friends leave my house just from eating dinner, I'm always like, hey, let me know that you made it home safe. Because you want to make sure that your people are good and you want somebody to know where you're at in case anything happens. So from Aubrey's account, Aubrey said that she told her okay and went right back to sleep. She then woke up later that night to an empty house and Sage was not answering her phone. And if you knew anything about Sage, one thing that's been noted is that the minute Sage didn't answer her phone, people knew something was up because Sage was one of those people who was notorious for always carrying around a phone charger. Never, ever, ever let her phone go dead and would always answer the phone or immediately text back, which I know some people like that. So like when they don't answer their phone, I kind of get on edge because I'm like, wait, this person always has their phone. Why wouldn't they answer the phone? So as soon as that happened, Aubrey knew something was wrong and immediately called Sage's grandmother. So this is kind of the timeline of what happened next. So at about 5.40 p.m., Sage texts a man and Sage texts and said, hey, when are you leaving? And a man Text her back and was like, hey, where are you at? And Sage said, standing here, where are you? And the person said back to her, hey, I'm here. Where are you? I'm giving you five more minutes. You stood me up. And at 6.35 p.m., Sage's stepsister sees her and stops to speak to her and tells her sister that she is going to meet a man at the Amtrak station. After that, everything is really up for speculation. You kind of don't know what's going to happen. And that 6.35 p.m. sighting is the last time that Sage was seen by anyone. So they're really having a hard time figuring out who was on the phone talking to Sage. So Sage's father just said, screw this. I'm going to try to figure this out because I want to know what happened to my daughter. And he posted the phone number of the last person who talked to Sage on Facebook. And he almost immediately had a response from another trans woman. And the trans woman stated that, oh, this is the number to a man named Eric McFadden. And apparently Eric and Sage had been speaking for weeks and had multiple sexual encounters in that time. So Sage was also being paid by Eric not to out him to his girlfriend. The family truly felt that the detectives were not taking this case as seriously as they should have and that they were only getting this information because the family was giving it to them. So anytime there were names shared, phone number information, anything like that shared, it's because the family was giving it to the police, not the other way around. And when you really think about it, there you can literally type in a phone number to Google and figure out ways to figure out who that phone number belongs to. The fact that this man had to put the phone number on Facebook versus the police going out of their way to find out who this was is really sad and it's really disgusting. And honestly, it's very heartbreaking because I feel like a family should never have to do more work than the police. And it's just really, really sad that this is a reoccurring theme within this case. And that's 
in my opinion, most likely why we have no idea what happened to Sage, and we might not ever know what happened to Sage. On Saturday, November 24th, the police receive a call about a missing person, Eric McFadden, and his girlfriend hadn't seen him in days. She was really concerned about him. But the very next day, November 25th, he called her and said that he was in D.C. and needed money, but she didn't give him any and instead just let him know that the cops were looking for him. Eric eventually called the police and said that, you know, they didn't actually meet, that he was just stood up by Sage. And on the 29th, McFadden made an agreement with the police to come in and meet with the police just to do an interview. But his girlfriend contacted the police because McFadden emailed her and said that he was going to run. So the email said that this is what happened. I never did anything sexual with that guy. So he misgendered Sage, by the way. He was blackmailing me. He wanted me to give him money, not to lie. And I agreed. And we did meet up. And he had a lot of enemies. We were walking and some people showed up. And I kept walking and didn't look back. After this, McFadden immediately became a person of interest. They searched everything, the landfill, his social media, his laptop, but literally nothing of Sage was found. And the even more crazy part about this story is that McFadden has not been seen since May of 2013. You heard that right. I'm going to say it again. It is now 2019. As of today, this man has not been seen, not a trace of him, since May of 2013, you guys. Now, a couple things strike me as weird about this because you got in this day and age, you really got to have resources to be able to successfully fall off the face of the earth. And for this man to just be able to so skillfully fall off the face of the earth like that without the amount of resources that you would need to successfully pull that off is really crazy to me. And it makes me wonder Is he hiding out with a family member? Is he doing under the table work? Like, I would assume that you couldn't just be on your own in this day day and age and fall off the face of the earth successfully like that. Because I would think that you would need either more resources or something. I just... it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I know that's like a very random thing to say, but it really just doesn't make any sense to me because I sit here and I think about, you know, all of the things you need your social for, the things you need taxes for. I mean, just getting a job in the first place, it's just really a lot. And I don't know, it's just very, I just don't get it. I think that's the part that kills me. It's like, how has he managed to successfully stay missing for all of this time, you know? And then on top of that, I really want to get into the the amount of trans women that are murdered and nobody takes it serious. And it's almost like people just completely disregard trans people, trans women to be specifically, especially trans women of color. And it really breaks my heart because at the end of the day, people think, oh, they're sex workers, We don't even understand them. We're going to misgender them. We're going to mislabel them. We're going to treat them like shit and whatever. No big deal. And the fact of the matter is these cases are just as serious. And these women are being murdered because they are being found out for who they are. And it's looked at as something nasty and stigmatized. So then people kill them 
for their own attraction to them. There is a trans woman, I read her story, and she was murdered because a man realized that she was a woman after he tried to talk to her. She did not approach him. She did not come on to him. He saw her, thought she was attractive. One of his friends said, hey, that's a man, which is untrue, by the way. It's very misgendering. And then he beat her to death for being a trans woman. How disgusting is that? And the other sad part is, is at this time, there was a young white woman named Hannah Graham who went missing and was known by the entire state right away. Multiple times you saw her name come up on the news. They immediately did a $50,000 reward. Sage had an on-airing of her story while Hannah had daily news updates about her being missing. And this is nothing against Hannah Graham. But my point is, agencies all over the country were offering their resources to find Hannah, but no one was doing that for Sage. No one at all put in their efforts to find Sage and went out of their way that much to find Sage. This case is just a reminder, and this is why I wanted this to be my bonus episode, of why I decided to do this podcast in the first place and why this podcast is so important to me. Because at the end of the day, these cases do not get the notoriety that they should. These cases do not get the publicity that they should. And these people are still cared about. These people are still valued. These people have communities that care for them. These people have people that love them, that want them to be found. And that is why I keep doing this. That is why I'm going to keep doing this. Because the fact that I have to search far and wide to find out about Sage Smith, the fact that There's so many articles done after the fact. Oh, it's been so many years since so-and-so has been missing, but not enough articles done when the person went missing is why I keep doing this. And I really want to talk about the stigma of homosexuality in the Black community specifically, because I realize that there is a lot of not just toxic masculinity. I really hate to use that trigger word, but there's a lot of just stigma behind the quote-unquote feminization of the black man. The fact of the matter is that a trans woman is no different than a woman except for how she was born biologically. It's the only difference. When you see a trans woman, if you're attracted to her, if she has feminine features that are attractive to you, that's what you're attracted to. You're not attracted to her uterus. You're not attracted to her ovaries. You are attracted to features that symbolize something that you already like, something that you are predispositioned to like, something that you are already predispositioned to be attracted to, regardless of who it's on. When you see any woman, you don't know how she was biologically made. You don't know that till you get to know her. So the fact that these women run the risk of dying because of someone else's attraction, that is a huge deal. And it needs to be discussed more because No one should be dying because you found them attractive. I don't care how they were born or whatever. If you find out that they're trans and guess what? Oh, man, I'm not really into that. Cool. But you don't need to take out the fact that you found them attractive on them to the point where they are losing their lives. And literally, that is what is happening. So I want to take this time to say these women's names. These are just the trans women who have been murdered in 2019. Dana Martin, 31 years old, a trans woman of color. She was found shot to death in her vehicle in a roadside ditch on Sunday, 6 January in Montgomery, Alabama. Ellie Marie Washtock, 
38 years old, a trans feminine person who identified as both a man and a woman, was found dead by their teenage son at 8 a.m. on Thursday, January 31st. Jazeline Ware, ages unknown, a trans woman of color, was found dead in her apartment on Monday, March 25th in Memphis, Tennessee. Initially thought to be a suicide, police currently regard the case as a homicide for reasons not made public. Ashanti Cameron, 27, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed around 6.30 a.m. Saturday, 30 March, in Prince George County, Maryland. Claire Legato, 21, a trans woman of color, was shot in the head on Monday, April 15th, after an argument broke out between her mother and the suspect in Cleveland, Ohio. She was taken to a local hospital where she died from her injuries on May 14th. Malaysia Booker, 23, a trans woman of color, was found shot and killed after a 6.40 a.m. shooting. It was 18 May in Dallas, Texas, around the 7200 block of Valley Glen Drive. The shooting came a little after a month since a viral video showing Booker being publicly beaten and called slurs on 12 April. Michelle Tamika Washington, 40, a trans woman of color and a longtime transgender rights advocate, was fatally shot in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania neighborhood of Frankville on Sunday, 19 May, shortly after 5 a.m. Paris Cameron, 20, was shot in Detroit, Michigan on Saturday, 25 May, Memorial Day weekend, along with two cisgender individuals. Chanal Lindsay, 26 years old, a trans woman of color, was found in White Rock Lake, Dallas, Texas at 5.45 p.m., second trans murder in Dallas, Texas in 2019. Johanna Medina Leon, 25, a trans woman from El Salvador seeking asylum in the United States, died in ICE custody in El Paso, Texas. Chanel Skurlock, 23, a trans woman of color, was found shot and killed just after midnight in Lumberton, North Carolina on 5 June. Zoe Spears, 23, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed in Fairmount Heights, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C., occurred a few blocks from where earlier in March Ashanti Carmen was murdered. Brooke Lindsay, 32, a trans woman of color, was found shot in front of an abandoned building in Kansas City, Missouri on Tuesday, 25 June. Denali Barry Stuckey, 29, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed in North Charleston, South Carolina on 20 July. Tracy Single, 22, a trans woman of color, was found dead in West Houston, Texas, a victim of homicide. Kiki Fontroy, 21, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed in southwest Miami-Dade, Florida, in the early morning of Wednesday, 31 July, near an abandoned house. Pebbles Ladime Doe, 24, a trans woman of color, was found shot dead in Allendale County, South Carolina, in 4 August. Bailey Reeves, 17, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed Monday to September in Baltimore, Maryland. B. Love Slater, 23 years old, a trans woman of color, was found immolated inside her car Wednesday, 4 September. Alicia Chanel Stanley, 46, trans woman of color, was found dead by homicide 16 September. Italy Marlow, 29, a trans woman of color, was killed following a shooting in Southwest Houston on 20 September. And Brianna B.B. Hill, a.k.a. Brianna Beebe, 30 years old, a trans woman of color, was shot and killed on 14 October. All of these trans women were murdered this year, all from similar types of death, all in similar types of ways. I say all of that to say that this is an issue and the dangers of being a trans woman in this country continue to rise and rise and rise. And that is why it was so important for me to share this story of Sage Smith 
and to also bring awareness because I think it's very easy for us to get caught up in, oh, it's not me. It's not my problem. It's not my struggle. And the fact of the matter is when it plagues the community, the black community, community of color, then it plagues all of us. We cannot start sectioning ourselves off by, oh, the LGBTQ black and people of color and then the rest of us. We're already a small marginalized group as it is. We have to stand together and we have to support each other. And just because we are fearful of things that we do not know does not mean that other people need to die because of it. Because that is the same reason black people have died in this exact same country because of fear of who we are, fear of the unknown and assumptions of who we are. It's not right of us to do that to our own people and to allow this to happen without us realizing that this needs to be all of our fights. If you have any information about what happened to Sage, please contact Crime Stoppers at 437-977-4000. I thank you guys for listening. I hope that this opened your eyes to how serious of an issue this is for trans women. And I hope that this will open your heart to look into Sage's case and look into the cases of these other women. And if there's any of these cases that you would like me to cover the story, which I probably will be anyways, please let me know. Get in touch with me via Twitter or Instagram. I love talking to you guys on there. It's at Cases of Color. And if you didn't know, now you know. Case of Color is now on Apple and is on Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for the longest of times and it is finally there and I'm so excited that I was able to get it onto those platforms and put it out there to even more of you because I know that was one of the things that made it hard for you guys to listen. And now you can listen to it on your favorite platform. So also do me a free favor, share this podcast with whoever your followers are, whoever your family members are, your Facebook, and please tag me. I love to see when you guys tag me your stories that you're listening, when you tag me on Twitter that you're listening, when you go in the comments and just give me your opinions on the case. I love hearing from my listeners and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this case. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to continuing this journey with you guys. Bye.